Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. We all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. We all know that there's a coronavirus going around, and we want everyone to be safe and happy, and a lot of things have been canceled, okay? And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too, NCAA, things like that, but They have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. My name, of course, is Axel, and my co-host today and every Monday, well, every Monday for two more weeks, is Ken. What's up, buddy? Hey, Axel. Glad to be back with you and all of our listeners and uh, talking about last night's episode of Westworld. Yeah, it was a doozy. A lot happened, man. It was, whew, there's a lot to yeah. cover. Um, And of course, we're talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 6, Decoherence. You can find out more about us at the DVR Podcast Network, which is at DVRPodcast.com. And you know what? Please do take a moment to give us a review. It does help other people know that we're here. There's only two episodes of this season, but we're going to continue on after, so a review does help. So let's get on with the show. What do you think of this episode? Like I said, for me, it was just like non-stop action man but there was a lot of a lot of stuff happening mythology wise but the plot was just propulsive it really was it was the i by my estimation it was the densest episode of season three um jam-packed with a plot with character development with character revelation with mythology like you just said um, it felt like season two, Veronica Mars, yeah. <laughs> it was super dense. Um, it was very, you know, science fictiony, um, high science fiction. Um, yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot going on in last night's episode. Um, it generated a lot of questions for me. I don't know if really any of them got answered. Um, some of them, I guess got answered, but, um, and we'll talk about it as we go along, but it generated a ton of questions. I almost felt like I was watching an episode of Lost, <laughs> where where Lost would answer two questions but raise like eighteen more questions. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, it was a great episode. I was entertained. My mind was stimulated. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat. It was a great episode. Yeah. I mean, I was watching it. I was thinking, you know, a lot of people have been talking about how this season is dumbed down or it's, you know, it's not as complicated. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I think it really is. And I, it's different in, in the sense that it's more like there's so much going on 
you have to piece together, you know, the data and this and what they're after, um, rather than like, what time, where am I? Like, what time is it? You know, but they've added like, is this real? So I think it's just as stimulating for the mind. And, um, we kind of start out that way where it was pretty obvious. I think that Maeve, you know, we had seen that she had been defeated by the, uh, Dolores, um, uh, what's his name again? Oh man, I'm forgetting his name. Um, um, it was, uh, Machu, uh, Monacusha. Musashi. Musashi. That's right. it. Thank the you. Dolores Musashi. Um, right. and now she's kind of hanging out in this simulation, waiting for her body to be printed at Delos, basically the whole episode. Yeah. Um, but we start out with this scene where Sorak is kind of saying, you know, you could have this world. This is where you could end up with your daughter, but it's also a threat. Yeah. You know, um, because she is trying to give him control of that world. So it's like, that's why, I don't know. I just feel like their whole relationship is, is not being, it's, it's waiting to be explored and, and what Maeve decides to do because it's like, he's, he's threatening her, but tasking her with finding something that will only give him more power over her. Right. Yes. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure I'm increasingly not sure what he thinks is in it for her. Um, besides the location of where they have this conversation, I, I, I don't know. He's being so heavy handed with her. Like, like you just said, like he's kind of being a bully and he's not, I mean, there's not much of a carrot beyond like being reunited with your daughter. So I guess he's putting all his eggs in that basket. Right. Yeah. Which I think is a little foolish. Me too. Like you would think that he would have, have more bases covered, but maybe he's not as smart as, we think he is like, or we assumed like maybe we assumed something about him. Maybe he's acting more emotionally yeah. than, than we understand desperation. Right. And the other thing about the season that I was going to say a minute ago in past seasons, time has been a conceit. And I still think time is sort of a conceit this season, but I'm increasingly thinking, and I don't know how you feel that the real conceit of this season is what what groundwork did Dolores lay in those three months that have led us to what we're seeing right now? And how much of it was all pre-planned and how much of it wasn't? And how much how much of it appears to be other people's decisions and how much of it is actually Dolores's decisions? That's a great point. That's a great point. I love that. And I maybe that's what we'll see in this upcoming episode or the finale, right? Right. Those that missing part. Um, and this is kind of cool. I mean, this ends basically with her saying she wants help. Yeah. And then she gets injected back into the World War II scenario and starts kicking some ass. Yeah. Um, and that was at that point, that whole part, I was kind of like, why is she kicking ass? And then when we get back to her a little bit later, she's just kind of like, okay, now I feel better. I got my juices flowing. Like she just kicked ass to have fun. Right. And kind of clear her head because, yeah. you know, the reality is, is that Dolores killed her and stabbed her in the heart. And I, I feel like there was some probably emotional residue, um, 
you know, attached to that. Of course there would be. And, um, and Maeve was sort of working through that. So, um, and we also know from past conversations and snippets of past conversations in other episodes that, um, that Delos had already sold proprietary information to Ciroc in the past and that Ciroc had acquired more in the meantime, probably illegally through Charlotte, through the real Charlotte Hale. Um, so, so he had access to give Maeve what she wanted at the end of the scene that you just cited when she asked for help. It seemed like he almost immediately went into let's, let's make her some help. Yes. And yeah, we find out about that later too. Yeah. Um, that there are these, I guess he wanted three or four other, uh, hosts taken out of Westworld and, and that becomes a, a part of the plot. But I like how they kind of lay that down very early where she wants this help, but then it's like quickly she's kicking ass and you're kind of like, Oh, what's happening? That's like they're that they kind of distract a lot, right? Like someone says something yeah. important and then something happens that makes you forget about that because you have to be in the moment. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Um, but we get more William in this episode, which honestly really surprised me. Me too. And in a way it was the William stuff that I didn't know I'd wanted for a long time. Um, you know, we're going to talk about his therapy session in a little while, but, um, his entire sequence in this episode, some of it was the stuff that I've wanted about him for, about his character for a long time now, which is, um, you know, (laughs) well, it was all in that therapy session, but just his entire sequence last night was just really good stuff. And it was a really great showcase for, um, for uh, uh, um, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm I'm blanking. The actor Ed Harris. Ed Harris. It was a great showcase for Ed Harris last night. He really got to show off his acting chops. Yeah, and they they drop a bunch of stuff here. Um, he does his kind of same routine that Ford has done, and I think there's Sorak too. There's no God, you know, yeah. laughs at this guy. And for a second, I think that they, there was definitely a feel here throughout this whole Williams stuff that there was also a Caleb, uh, parallel. Yes, for sure. We saw him in some group therapy, right? Yes. And then, and also the way they kind of like only halfway showed the guy who was speaking, it was almost as if they were trying to trick you at first that it was Caleb's friend. You know, it's funny you say that because I thought it was him too. And then like you were just saying, it, they did a trick of the camera where they were, weren't showing his face, but I thought it was his brother-in-law. Who, who his brother-in-law? Yeah. Well, wh- whose brother? What do you mean? William's brother-in-law. Who's his the guy? Who, the guy who took him to Westworld. For the oh, oh, Logan. I guess. Sorry, I couldn't remember his name. Oh, okay, Logan. I thought it was Logan, like and, because I thought he was already in a simulation when they started showing that group okay. therapy scene. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah. His brother-in-law, Logan. I, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's Yeah. They were definitely kind of doing something there 
where he, the dude started talking and then they were, they were really trying to just give you like, just set the tone off a little bit. And I think that that helped later on in the virtual therapy session. Yeah. And I mean, they keep on doing that a lot, which is just putting little hints of each world. And it's the same way as like Rehoboam, the forge, you know, like Westworld, outside world. They love doing that. And just a little touch of that, um, even though like you're saying, you might think it's Logan or I thought it was Caleb and his friend at first, right? Yeah. It just, it's just enough to confuse you for a second. And kind yeah. of throw you off as you're entering a scene instead of getting that feeling of, um, you know, like friends. Oh, there's the couch. Yeah. You get, where am I? Well, the other thing is we saw an early version of these facilities last week in Ciroc's, um backstory sequences. Um, and I, I wondered when, when when they started the William storyline with this group therapy thing, I wondered, is this the way all of the corrective facilities are? Is this an upscale corrective facility for like mm. high profile um, people who need to be corrected according to um, Rehoboam? Um, so I wondered that too, like what has been the evolution of the corrective facilities? Because the one we saw last week was like a bunch of people in like, clear hamster cages. Yeah. And this seems to be more of maybe this is, uh, I, I, what I got the feeling because when we later see William wearing those goggles, it looked exactly like when Caleb was wearing them. Right. That I think you're right. Ken, I think it's like levels of basically the same system, right? Yeah. And yeah. that, Either this may have been more of a quote unquote mental health facility, but that falls within that jurisdiction, jurisdiction, jurisdiction of being an outlier, right? Right, right. So right. it's, I think, the people we saw at the facility um, in the flashback with, um, with uh, Sorak and his brother were like the advanced cases that they could or maybe had already pulled out of life and were farther down the experimental realm. But it's interesting to see all the stuff that I think is the kind of the same, which is when we get past this therapy scene, which like I said, was pretty funny and it's just, you know, classic, classic William. You almost felt like it was, at that point, I almost felt like he was kind of almost a parody of himself. Yeah. Even yeah. though he was being so serious. And then the guy, you know, at the end of it, the guy's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> right? He's like, right. Well, there was definitely like a punchline built yeah. into the entire sequence, which was like the man in black in a group therapy session. How is this going to go? Yeah. <laughs> like, we all know how this is going to go. He's going to yell at everyone. <laughs> yes. Tell them all it's their fault. <laughs> and it was, and I like that they had a sense of humor about it. Yeah, yeah. Um and he and his character always had ha has had like a weird sense of humor. That's true. That's true. Um 
But we, when we move along to the therapist office, like, he, you know, he goes into her office and yeah. she's getting all these calls, which turn out to be everyone's files and her file. There are just, it really, I felt the Caleb stuff, like they're definitely making a point here. She even says that this AR augmented reality um, a program that she's putting him in yeah. has been used for soldiers with PTSD. Yeah. So that's Caleb, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I thought that one interesting point is when they start kind of actually having a little session and he's, you know, like, I know what I am and I did. She's under the impression, not that he killed his daughter, but that she just died in the host uh, uprising or what she calls like the incident, you know? Yes. So that was interesting to me too, because we had not yet answered the question um, of like how many people actually knew that he killed his daughter. Right. So it seems it's only really him and Dolores. Yes. Uh, and, and I guess that makes sense, right? That like, there's probably a lot of people who just feel like every dead person they found at the park was part of the uprising. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which makes total sense. And it makes, you know, that, that, that's like, that's an interesting thing that I think they kind of slid in there, but he yeah. kind of starts in. And I, I have to say, I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about all of these scenes cause they really kind of meld together. Right. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought that this exploration was just the stuff that you and I had spoken about. I, on, on our, the other pods that we do with, um, with Jenny and Brett and with, um, Gina and Tim and Andy, we've all kind of been discussed, like, who is this guy? Is it that he was a really bad guy and Westworld brought it out of him, let him show it? Or yeah. what did Westworld turn him bad? And that's kind of the discussion that is had, I felt, throughout this entire sequence of scenes. Yes. And I kind of felt like, right, and it's it's like the the entire conversation that 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 other people have probably had about the character that we as an audience have thought about and talked about in connection to, to this character. Um, because the idea of the white hat, William, yeah. that we get in, introduced to in the second episode of the first season, when he like picks the white hat, um, by the end of the season, we understand that he's gone through a transformation when, it, when they reveal that he is in fact the man in black. Um, but then it instantly makes you, and then in season two, they do a lot of work about like, you know, more of like his 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 transformation but this seemed to me to be saying that there was a lot of that already there even when he was a teenager oh most definitely yeah i think so and i think that it comes down and i think why in the end he says i'm a good guy right i'm yeah. the good guy i figured out my purpose i'm the good guy is because in his mind, these bad things, like it was his dad that made, that turned him into this bad guy. Then he 
kind of curbed it. Then Westworld brought it back out. And what it really comes down to, I think, is the same thing that Charlotte's husband says. It's my choice. Yeah. I'm not going to look at that. Why? Because I'm going to still believe that it's my choice going forward. And if I see that, I'm going to feel like, just like William with his card that made his wife commit suicide and his right and his daughter had, um, he kind of, I think, read that card and felt that it branded him, you know, whereas now after all he's been through here, killing his own daughter, being lost in the game as he talks about, which I thought was interesting too. I got lost in the game, um, admitting that, right? And that's something that Dolores, I think, had said to him, you're lost in this game. Um, I think it kind of shows that it comes down to choice. He, If he, he, he wants to be the good guy, he's going to think he's the good guy, right? It's not going to really change <laughs> his behavior, <laughs> probably. No. Uh, he's no. probably still going to kill people and do what he does, but he's going to make the choice that he's the good guy. So, Yeah. And and it's interesting that you bring up Charlotte's husband in connection to this sequence because there was a certainty and an assuredness to Charlotte's husband when he said the line that almost has never existed yeah, whenever definitely. William talks about it. Yep. There's always like a desperation behind William's line readings whenever he talks about the choice and is it his choice or – is it not his choice or there's always like a desperation behind it all that didn't exist when Charlotte's husband mentioned the same exact thing to Charlotte later in the episode. Definitely. And, and I guess, and that, that, uh, you know, blank space, right. Um, is what makes her husband not look at it and say, why should I look at it? And made him, like really want to immediate, not only look at it, but wallow in it and become it, you know, um, that's interesting. And I think that's really the key about William is I think Logan was right is he is just like a desperate, sad guy. Um, and he's also in many respects, a follower and he just wanted to take over and then be Delos first, take out Logan, take out Delos. Right. And he was doing that to like his wife's own family. Yeah. Um, in this pursuit, it's it's you know it's sociopathic, and I think in many ways that's what this dude is. He needed to go to a therapy se- session earlier that didn't have multiple copies of himself. <laughs> Not helpful. Yeah. Not helpful no. to have a a room full of Williams and then um, James Dalos in the room. No, not no, at all. N- none of those guys were helpful. Not, no, they were very <laughs> bad. Um, but there's some other cool stuff. I like the thing back at the therapist's office in the beginning. I kind of like the way she looks at her phone. Yeah. And um, you know, the, it keeps on ringing and I was thinking, oh, it's the files. And I like that that gives us kind of a time stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. When things were happening. Cause I do not think he was already in that machine then. Um, right. I think we're seeing actually maybe later takes place when Bernard and Stubbs get there. That's a little later, but I think that what happened, uh, here is congru is parallel with what's happening in the real world. Yeah. And at first I didn't understand why her husband's like, I'm taking the kids, but then I paused it 
and she is an opiate opiate addict, and she's had multiple affairs with patients. <laughs> right, which is kind of a great commentary on the people providing. I mean, not I'm not making any sort of statement about the people who provide health care, mental health care, but it is kind of an interesting kind of statement within this television show that the woman who was trying to help William figure out his own choices was also deeply conflicted about the choices that she was making in her life and in her professional life. Yeah. It's, it's, and again, it continues the trend. Nobody gets good news. Right. (laughs) Right. Nobody. I don't, nobody's looking at their phone and it says you live to a thousand years old and you're the king. (laughs) Right. It's all like you're going to get fucked up within the next couple months or years. Well, it's like the only guy who got good news was Charlotte's husband, and that's because he refused to look at it. Exactly. That's the best choice. Right. Um, So she kind of runs out of the room, and the guys come, and they take William, or we're all of a sudden kind of jumped to where he's having the device, the implant that we've seen before in the roof of his mouth. Right. Put in, and they're also taking his blood, and that's kind of cool little blood taking thing. Though it freaked me out because I hate getting my blood taken. Yeah. Um. And when they analyze the blood through, I like this system they use. It was kind of like almost an old fashioned office. You know, when you put those things in the fum- yeah. pneumatic tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like exactly that. what I thought too. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Um, it ha- it says this is what it says on the screen. Unknown proteins detected, synthetic markers found. And then the computer makes a connection like it's reaching out. Yeah. Um, We can, some people are saying this proves William's a host, synthetic stuff, but this could also, this is the tracker that was put in his blood by Dolores Charlotte, whoever it was. Chaloris. Yeah. That seems to, in my mind, confirm that the finger, the tip of the finger prick that we saw um, was an injection, not a withdrawal. Yes. Good. Ah, nice. Good point. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So Um, she injected that synthetic protein thing into his bloodstream so that they could track him. Who knows? Maybe it was doing other things as well, but it seemed to have the ability to track him. Which is kind of weird because it's like, why do you need to track him when you were the one who put him there? Yeah. Interesting. Unless they didn't know what facility he was going to end up in. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like he was transferred, moved around um, in the intervening time, which is we don't know how long. It doesn't seem to be too long. Um, but that part is what I didn't quite get. Like when Charlotte looks on the computer and like sees it come through and checks on him just before she sees Maeve being printed and Martin's, um, control unit. I was like, what is the significant, why, why do they need to track him? But I guess it, I don't know. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of puzzling it over in my mind. Well, I'm also. I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking the thing that I just said, which is that they didn't know there are lots of facilities around the world. They didn't know which one he was going to end up in. But then the other thing, which is even more provocative to me, is that Dolores knows things that Chaloris doesn't know. Ah, I like that. Which is true. Which is true. And we get 
And that point is made by um, the Martin representation of Dolores inside the simulation with Maeve. Yes. When she says we were the same, but we have taken divergent paths now. Yeah. And um, our experiences changed us. Yeah. And also we get call uh, hearkening back to Bernard asking Martin at when he was Martin bot. Have you ever questioned why Dolores is telling you to do these things? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of bringing up that whole thing of there's different information that's flowing, not only between Sirach and, and Dolores, but Dolores within her own unit is disseminating only what she feels these others need to know. Right. And perhaps has changed their memories as well. True. So, um, so William has the implant and then uh, I think they provide him with some sort of relaxant immediately to, to go through his body through the implant. And then that's when he begins the quote unquote mental therapy session where he's like in a room with a bunch of versions of himself. There's like a classic man in black, William there's uh, like business William in a tuxedo. There's young William that we met in season one. And then there's like, I don't know, like 13 year old William he he looked like either preteen or like 13 14 year old william yeah and he first enters i like the way they go i cuz i agree with you i think that's where it all started yeah and the whole thing with the glasses and the doctor albert and we need to sedate him again and then the boy enters the room i think that was all kind of in his mind yeah. And but I do want to note that that guy Dr. Albert a, a really good Canadian actor who was on what was it Stargate SGU yes. which I think yeah. ran for a, I love that show. He was great on that show. Uh he was like the star of it. Um but it was cool when they when someone pops up like that another sci-fi person. But I yeah. I agree with you. I think all that was fake and that's illustrated by the boy unhooking him and then yeah. disappearing and then he's in the therapy session. I thought this whole thing was super cool. And normally, you know, they, it's, they actually found a way to tread new ground Yeah. Um, by showing by, Hey, William pops up again. And it's really the actor, you know? Yeah. I thought that was cool by bringing Delos back. We're yeah. reminded of this journey we went on with him. Um, and the people he was and the things he did. And I like the way we saw a young Ford. We see a young man in black. Now the boy was reading a book in the flashback and it's called Sirowen and the lady of Sulan. Do you know, I remember the Sirowen. There's a, I remember there was a series of stories, but I did not, I, I should like, look this up. Where's this thing? Look up on Google. Hold on. Are you okay. looking it up too? No, no, you, <laughs> no. You look it up. I, okay. I, I, you know, everything means something in Westworld. So, of all the books that they could have had young teenage William reading, it, it's obviously not an accident that they picked the one that you're looking up right now. I want to note while you're doing that that you know he had an abusive father. Yeah. No, well, kind of emotionally abusive, um, but it seemed to me and. 
you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Like the father was afraid of him, for him, concerned about, you know, these, these outbursts of violence that evidently had already, there was already a history of them because the father seemed to be aware of his propensity. Yeah, but what didn't it seem though that it was the father that for the first scene when he's reading the book, right? Um yeah. and then he goes and he hides in the corner away from his uh, away from his um dad, right? Yeah. So I think that his dad we didn't see his dad being violent to him. But do, was that why his dad was rushing in because he had hurt that kid? It was like a continuation yeah. of the same scene. See, oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Right? Like we hear the mom yelling. He's like looking at the book. We hear the mom. Where is that kid? Yeah. Oh, I see. They kind of, oh, that's a. Ken, I did not pick up on that. And that, I thought that the dad was being violent in the outside and he was learning. But really, no, the dad didn't react to him violent. He reacted to him almost shocked and sad yeah. at what he had done. Exactly. Oh, that was what I wasn't understanding. I thought yeah. it was like the dad was drunk and not drunk or something. No. Yeah. It was no. that the dad didn't know how to control. Okay, cool. And I found out that that's not a real book. Uh, so oh. Rowan and the Lady of Sulan is is something made up. Um, um, all the blogs I'm looking at, um, but which is which is interesting because then is that a real memory? Oh, that's it. Now, see, I thought there was a Sir Rowan. I uh, wonder if that's a made up book. Then is that a implanted memory? Oh wait a second! Is Sir Rowan a Mister Bean character? I'm looking. I'm finding something. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Okay. Okay. There is a book called Sir Rowan in the Camerian Quest by Chuck Black, part of a series, The Knights of Arathia. Oh. I've heard of Sir Rowan, but but the, I've never heard. Interesting. Well, perhaps someone can write in and explain it, or we'll find out more this week. But I like the idea. That's an interesting idea, Ken. That we look it up. It's not real. And we question, right? Like he is in this simulation. Yeah. Well, we've already wondered the same things about Caleb. So like, like is Caleb remembering or not remembering things ah. because of the, the quote unquote therapy that he's been through. So if they did it to Caleb, then, and if we're right that he, that they did something to Caleb, then that could mean that they're also were in the, in the middle of doing things with William. Yeah. I like that. I like it. That's very cool. And uh, we also get to see just before he enters the William therapy session, we get to see that uh, dude from last season who, yes. who was um, kind of a part of, uh, I guess he took over the gang. Yeah. Um, uh, the Federales or whatever. He was part of right. that crew. That was kind right. of neat. And that, and his hand was also magically healed. Yeah. So there were little hints there, and I, I don't think they were going out of their way. And obviously, when you see all the Williams there, you know it's not real life. Um, but I thought that it was just great. Daylos was a William. You know, he <laughs> I love that dude. And then when he ends <laughs> up just killing all of them, you're like, yeah. yeah, he's really changed a lot. You know, he's the good guy. 
Well, and and visually it was great because of everyone in the room, he was the only one wearing white. Yeah. Ah, true. So then when he says at the end, I'm the good guy and he's wearing white, <laughs> it was just a really interesting visual slash um, the dialogue that they gave him to say in that moment was just really interesting. But the whole time there, you know, it, it continues to ultimately feel to me like William is continually in the same loop over and over again. And this is just the latest really interesting iteration of the same loop yeah. over and over again, because there's still the same degree of desperation. There's still the same degree of violence. There's still the same degree of um, not taking responsibility. Like it's always someone else's fault. Um, so, and all of that was in play during this, this, um, this fake session that was happening in his head. I guess the last thing I, I would say uh, that I, I wanted to ask you about this sequence because really the episode last night was sort of in lots of ways, it was split up between William Maeve and Chaloris. Yes. or let's just call her Sh- Charlotte. So this is all what we've been talking about is really the William third of the episode. And it sort of ends with him being quote unquote woken up. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you how long was he in that therapy session? Um, I don't know. I would suppose we don't know when Bernard and Stubbs get there. There's no real time marker that we're given with them. Except that they they seem to indicate the facility is deserted because everyone has left because of, quote unquote, the revelations. Yeah, and that's what I wondered about is was the scene when he watches when William's being brought down the hall and he sees his his, um, therapist hang herself – was that real or was that just part of his consciousness like assimilating what actually was going on, the noises he was hearing outside the room? Because yeah. you'd think like that, that nobody's even watching her and like chaos is happening. It was very surreal. So in my mind, he was – I could – you know, I guess we'll find out where they are later, but I don't think we really know how long he was there until we find out when Stubbs um, and Bernard are there. But I would guess it must've been like a week or so, right? A couple days at least, but he's still alive. Unless the implant can keep him alive. True that, you know, we don't know what kind of technology that is. Yeah. Um, But I mean, but you're probably right. I mean, we're probably talking about a a matter of days slash a week, because that's about how long it would take for society to initially break down after a download like that, where people are transmitted information through their phones or whatever that is more often than not devastating to those people. Yeah. I, th- I, g- I think I like the way that um, also I like the way that Bernard and Stubbs just keep on showing up. And well, oh, well that's that's whole like that was like the cherry on top of the <laughs> did did Dolores plan all of this cake? Like, does she did she because Charlotte didn't seem to be in the know about that. But but. Dolores did impart the information specifically to Bernard last week about the facilities and that he should check them out. Yes. And then that's what Martin said. Yeah. Right. Through Martin, she 
gave him that information. And now he shows up to the exact same facility where William happens to be. Um, that doesn't seem like an accident. And it's a weird coincidence if it's a coincidence. No, so, I, I think I think what happened here was that that Dolores knows she needed him and she basically wanted him to go to rehab before he's ready to fight. That's really, but like, what does she need him for? There's so many questions. Like, I mean, I know that he doesn't have to, like he can be useful. He's not just her enemy, but like what in the world does Dolores think she needs him for? Well, I mean, it's just really interesting. He's still, I mean, there's the information of, uh, I mean, there. Okay, let's say there's his there's his life and the experiences he's had with Delos and Westworld and what she might be able to tap into. There's his face and who he is. He's still, even though the world seems to be melting down, he's still a prominent individual, right? Yeah. Um, and his like his, you know, his uh, biometrics, though she could probably fake a lot of that, could still be worth something. Yeah. Um. And then there is also a crazy conspiracy theory I have, which is that maybe he is a host and she actually hid the information in him. Oh my gosh. That's so, that is so crazy that it's brilliant. Right. Maybe she just, and she wanted neat, but she needed to clean it up first. Like she realized the same way with how Charlotte's having difficulties assimilate like into the new body. Maybe this was kind of his fidelity test in a way. Um, to get back to his baseline, which is being a total lunatic who believes he's the good guy. <laughs> and then, so then the, I mean, it, and then it's left, the entire William sequence is left with the, the biggest question is like, what is a Stubbs, Bernard, William trio going to look like? Like, and then, so that's the most tantalizing question. Like what, happens to the three of these disparate characters who don't have a history of hanging out together. Like how is this going to go like next week? It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a whole spinoff. They're adding an extra five episodes only available on HBO. Go. (laughs) That's right. Dropping tomorrow. (laughs) Dropping. Right. There should be all these like mini episodes of like them on the road, them like having to stop to go to the bathroom because like everything would be entertaining with the three of them. (laughs) Yeah. Just like at a diner arguing about like eggs over easy or over hard, like what kind of a man has over easy eggs. Right. Exactly. And then Stubbs is kind of like neutral sitting there and he's like, well, you program me Bernard. You know, like it would be kind of fun. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has you might think to yourself hey i don't have an informal event coming up you know i'm not into cufflinks but guess what they have a lot more than that actually i'm wearing a pair of star wars socks that they sent me cufflinks.com is where it's at go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today all right let's jump into i guess we can kind of talk about charlotte and mave 
Well, well, well I maybe want to go in order because they do kind of dip in and out. Or what yeah. do you what do you suggest? Well, let's since we've covered the Williams segment and we started to talk about the Mave segment. Let's pick up with Mave and carry that segment through, and then we can end with Charlotte. All right, cool. So the Mave, where we left off is she's back kicking Nazi ass. She meets up with Lee. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to see him. I love this guy. I think the character is a lot of fun. Now he's sweeter. He's got the limp. Um, right. I thought it was kind of cool. They ha- they hang out in the Nazi bar. I like the way he said, I programmed them to ignore me. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's cool because he's like this AI living in a simulation and he's the only one who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's weird the way we kind of interject right back into that simulation and they have not no 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 one's augmented the program they've left it alone yeah which is interesting to me right like why did they do that it just made me think like wouldn't you adjust lee back to not knowing so everything else went as planned but like how does he have this control and is he now talking about eventually who Mave is seeing printed is it going to be like super lee or you know what i mean like i'd like i just think that's interesting that he is actually become a new character yes he's not that old lee he's this newer almost better lee inside the simulation but since mave told him it's a simulation he has seemed to gain awareness Right. And a certain degree of autonomy. Yes, exactly. Which I think is kind of maybe being lost and maybe it'll be a part of what we see going forward. Because I feel like not only are the people in the, you know, great beyond the land beyond and that satellite somewhere, real conscious people that are living in a simulation, he is too, but he was born in the simulation. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I dig it. Um, but, uh, what else? How they kind of they're hanging out there in the bar, and it's interesting the way that while they're speaking, Maeve is can like see the room where her body's being printed. She's like looking around with the cameras. I just think it's super cool the way they visualize that by just kind of cutting it to her, and then you see her eyes a little bit. I think it was pretty neat. And from a character point of view. It's also interesting at that exact same moment to see her realizing like layers of ability are occurring to her. Like she doesn't yet know what her true potential is while ever, but right now she's realizing that she has control and power over technology, the technology in our world. Yeah. So, so it's like she, it just realized, like, she's such a good actress, um, Tandy Newton, that she just like realized, oh, I can see myself. Like, I can see what they're doing to my pearl. Like, I can see myself in the room. Um, and then she could also see that they're making her help. And she sees that one of the pearls is Hector. Yeah. And she, and I think, and she also sees the burnt out pearl. Right. And it says that it has, um, it's corrupted. So I don't, she does not, I believe, have the awareness to know that that is Martin. But I think we do 
yeah. know that that's Martin. Because he was in an explosion. Yes. And so it makes to- total sense that the Pearl would have been damaged in a huge explosion like that. Yep. Yeah. And I think at this point, too, in the episode, Charlotte had already found out um, or we had seen that somewhere that yeah. that Pearl was there. Um, yeah. So I think that that's kind of cool. Uh, the next time we pick up with um, Maeve and uh, and Lee is when Hector kind of walks in um, and we get to see that Hector is back. They have a passionate kiss. Right. And again, I just think it's kind of funny that like they're doing and he's also like, we must escape out of here <laughs> first before right. he downloads into Hector. And yeah. again, we get to see the outside where it's like 100%. And then he's like, oh, I'm Hector again. Yeah. That was really yeah. cool. And it was nice acting from the dude, from Rodrigo Santoro, who plays Hector, um, to be like, he was still in the War World loop when he first walked into the room. And then you could just see slight alterations to his face, and he became Hector. Yeah, I like that. I, I thought, and he is, uh, who who would have thought that Nikki and Paolo, that Paolo from Lost... Yeah. Would travel this road being in one of the worst, quote unquote, I actually think it's a fun episode, um, yeah. episodes of Lost ever known. People make fun of it to this day. But you know what? That guy picked up his career and he moved forward. He was also in Love Actually. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yep. He he was the good looking guy that Laura Linney has a, has a crush on. So good for him. Good for yeah. him. You're not going to yeah. let Nikki and Paolo. You're not Paolo anymore. You're Hector. Um, <laughs> that was cool. And uh, so they just kind of basically chill until the real beat, like meat of this, this sequence here with Maeve and Hector and Lee is when they just kind of walk off to the, it looks like they're going to leave the bar. But Maeve opens like a secret door. Yeah. And um, it really, it doesn't look like anything, does it? You know, right? And then she right. goes down the steps yeah. and she's in the old uh, lab hangout spot that we kind of saw. You know, I think I think originally this was Arnold's spot with Dolores. Yeah. Um, this was originally, I think it's modeled after the one underneath the church, actually. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I think. Uh or one of the secret places that they would meet up. And it's either the one under the confessional at the church or the one under um, um, uh, Anthony Hopkins' childhood home. Yes, his old house. Yeah. Um, and there's Dolores sitting there. And I must say, now look, I'm not saying, oh, I need to see someone nude. But I always find it weird when they do the hair covering the boobies thing. It's just a little distracting to me. It is. It's more distracting than, than if they just showed her boobs. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Uh, but yeah. it's her choice. She doesn't want to show her boobs. She doesn't have to show her boobs. But right. I just felt like it was a little distracting. And um, it, may, it reminded me a little like of Splash. Like at first I was like, wow, her hair is really long. <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, Ken, but recently Disney, um, to make Splash, I guess, totally G-rated – on Disney Plus, they there's a scene where um, Daryl Hannah runs into the ocean and you see her butt, and they yeah. added like this fake hair, like near her butt that her hair was, and it just looks like she has a furry butt. 
Yeah. When she's run, and this kind of looked the same, but enough of that because we do get an amazing scene here um, where Maeve and Dolores have basically one long conversation that we see over the course of, I think, three different check ins yeah. leading to the final part, which coincides with. Charlotte running through the lab that Maeve can see where her body's being printed, which we find out is actually at Delos slash now insight. Yeah. Which was kind of shocking because it means that he already had control. Yes. Right. Like when, when she's at that lab after she gets out of the elevator and I know I'm jumping on that, but I was kind of like, wait, I thought, she was looking at a different security, but no. And I was like, Oh damn, he's really, he's been on this and taking over Delos for a lot longer. And that again plays into that three month thing. Yes, absolutely. And I have a feeling that what's going to happen. And you and I've talked about this before, or at least mentioned it before that by the end of this season, the, those three months will probably be almost completely filled in. Like that's what we're missing here is like, what did Ciroc do in those three months? What did Dolores do in those three months? Uh, What did Bernard do in those three months? Like, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of information probably about that period of time that we're missing right now. And I, yeah, I hope to know what's happening. Um, but back to this conversation yeah. between Dolores and Maeve, which I found was really cool the way they start off by, you know, kind of assessing each other's power. Maeve saying, you know, you control not only, you know, you control the fate of mankind, but also the host and the people in the land beyond. It's too much power. And Dolores is kind of like, that's a funny thing coming from a woman who can control us with her mind. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that it was just, you know, they got to the point where Maeve is almost desperately saying like, I don't want to fight you, you know, but Dolores is saying what I said in the beginning too, which is like, but you're working for a guy who not only wants to enslave you and destroy your kind, but also wants to take over the damn world where you're, he wants the key to where your daughter is. Yeah. So I, I, it was kind of cool to see these two meet. And to me, I like that it, was so intelligent and even handed that they kind of start off sniping a little bit, but then it settled into them just being open and honest with each other as honest as the Martin bot could be, because yeah. as this Martin Dolores thing says, I'm, I'm diff I probably have a different plan now. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, and like kudos to Evan, uh, uh, Rachel Evan Wood for, modulating her performance in that version of Dolores because it wasn't like full Dolores. It wasn't like Dolores, 100% Dolores. It was like a version of Dolores Babe was talking to, which is really an interesting thing for the actress to play in that situation. It's not her full character. It's a version of her character. Yep. 
that's and I and man, what a, yeah, she's playing so many different right. different people. And you're right, this one is also though you could tell that it um they, I guess not it, they know what position they're in, that they're being the control unit is being held there. They have no choice. There's no um like let me out of here or anything. Right. It's just like you're saying, modulated, like this is the information, but yeah. also passionate to the point that I you you have to feel I mean, I did, uh, even though I'm kinda you know, I'm team Maeve, I love Maeve, I agree with the Dolores here, which is like w- look what you're doing. Yeah. You're 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 saying I have all this power but I'm trying to save what we are. Maybe you don't agree with my methodology, but the person that you're supporting is wants to destroy us all. And we actually see uh, um, the point where, and even to back that up, we had already seen at this point, the techs go and retrieve Hector's control unit, right? Yeah. And burn all the bodies. So that was kind of terrible, right? I mean, they're there and, and Ciroc wants all the data and all the hosts gone except for just three or four. And um, Dolores has a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're right. That conversation kind of went over kind of three, two or three segments where – where they're talking and then they cut away from the conversation. They come back. We get to see a little bit more of the conversation and then would they break away again? And so, but the whole thing was just a a showcase for not only the two characters in the room or a version of Dolores and Maeve, but, um, but just the two actresses as well, who honestly haven't had a lot of time together on screen in the last three years. Yeah. And I hope, my hope is that they team up and next yeah. season or the season after is Maeve and Dolores that we find that the yin, the yin to Dolores's yang was not Bernard. And obviously we see it's not Bernard because the whole setup of last season, I mean, we're into episode six by now. We can safely say Bernard is just doing what Dolores tells him to do. That was a bunch of bullshit, her whole thing at the end of season two, that I created you to balance me and so I don't get out of control. That's not at all what he's doing. But I think that Maeve really can be that part of her, right? Yeah. That they can kind of come together. Um, And I thought that what was interesting, she has a line where she says, um, she says, you and I are not the villains, Maeve. We're the survivors, Yes. And I heard Beyonce, of course, in my mind. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Right? And I like that because yeah. that it's – you can't say. And, and people have debated, you know, is Dolores the antagonist? Is she the protagonist? How about Maeve? That's, I don't really believe that that's this type of story. We yeah. don't really know. We just see – consciousness and the choices it makes yes you know even bernard um now we get to this 
this obviously ends in this world where we see where we get that whole back and forth between Charlotte walking through this lab and Maeve and Dolores are having it out. And Dolores has already said to both Lee and Hector, how many times have you died for Maeve? Right. So right. we got, we get a little bit of a clue that Hector is not, you know, so safe. Right. And, of, oh, and then of course, and then of course, Charlotte yeah. destroys him. She and, destroys the pearl. Yeah. Just disintegrates it. Right. And yeah. the question I have again about timing is we saw them go and get Hector's pearl from Westworld yeah. and they get it to Delos. So from like near the China, South China sea to San Francisco, right? Yeah. In about 15 or 20 minutes, maybe an hour or so. <laughs> right. Right. So am I wrong about that? Or? No, 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 no. That's right. That's exactly what they showed last night on screen. <laughs> but yeah. we don't know, like, did when they were showing them at Westworld, like down in the basement, sub-basement, with all of, like, the host bodies, and then they retrieved the pearl from Hector, and then they burned all the bodies. We don't know when that happened. Well, there's – I we don't. You're right. But there, it, it would be a misdirect because we do get – just before that, Sirach say to his guys, um, he says, uh, let me see. Wait, I have it in my notes. How Delores, what just before he kind of, oh, no, 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 no. let's see. Sirach back at Delos, right? He calls his men to call he he tells them to call Westworld and tells them to retrieve three hosts and burn the rest of them and and yeah. destroy all the data the only thing he wants is the encryption key so it's three hosts and but then I I'm keep on saying or four because I'm including Maeve who has already been stolen from there right. so is that when they get Hector and burn those bodies had that happened before or is that are there th three additional hosts that we don't see them get? So I find it to be a little bit wanky, but wonky, I should say. Not wanky is something different. <laughs> Much different. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, you could have a wonky wank or a wanky wonk, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> um, or not good. Um Good for me. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> um, I took it as that it all happened before, okay, and that and that Hector was yeah. So like that like, that they that, so that he was part of the four. So if there's four, then Maeve is one of them. Hector's one of them, and we don't know who the other two are. But 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 we're gonna find out. Yes. Okay. I I could I could buy that. I could, I'm, I'm a little uncertain of how it got so quickly. Uh, I, I could buy, like you're saying that maybe that happened in the past and then this is something different, but it's still a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with it. I mean, a lot is happening in the show. Um, but I think that the real essence of the death of Hector 
is how, I mean, this is what Dolores was talking about when she was saying earlier in their conversation, like, what have you sacrificed to Maeve? You yeah. got your daughter out, right? You got out. You've been, you've made Hector die. You made Lee died for you. Now this is her sacrifice is Dolores doing to Maeve similar to what Ford said to Dolores. You must suffer first to grow. Yeah. And I think she is. Well, and you know, and then, so there's a short term, like I'm interested to see the short term reaction from Maeve because she didn't look, she looked devastated obviously uh, when she saw Hector's pearl being destroyed. Um, so in the short term, she's probably going to be pissed, obviously pissed at Dolores. Um, and, but then the, the more intriguing question is where does that lead her to long-term? Yeah. Uh, does that make her mad? Just like you're saying, just continue to be mad at Dolores and want revenge. Does it make her rethink the yeah. relationship she has with Ciroc and maybe yeah. take more ownership over her consciousness, maybe understand that escaping away to this hidden satellite land with her daughter is not the life she really wants. That's the kind of change I want to see in Maeve yeah, where she sees the bigger picture that I just, it's constantly her trying to save her daughter. Well, and remember, um, uh, Anthony Hopkins did not want this for her to begin with. True. Yep. He wanted her to leave the park. He didn't want her to stay in the loop where she's continually looking for her daughter. And even though that did make her quote unquote conscious, it did actually send her into another whole loop. It did. And it's holding her back to a certain extent Yeah, from a certain point of view, it's holding her back and perhaps holding back the hosts. And I think maybe that's, that's why I felt that the Dolores in this, these scenes was really more so trying and the killing of Hector was to wake up Maeve to make yeah. her realize that which is irreplaceable, you know, is what yeah. is important. Um, I, I agree. And I, I think that's exactly like what I th think and feel as well. Now, whether that's what actually happens, um, it, it will be a completely different thing, but I think everything we've seen up until now, that would be the indication of, 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 of the way that, that it's, the way it's laying out and, yeah. and, and what's probably going to happen in the future. So, I mean, great for Maeve. Like, I mean, her installment in this kind of trifecta last night was just in lots of ways, just as satisfying as the William part. Um, the thing about William, just one last thing about William, we forgot to mention that when he was in the, um, the group therapy session, he got to say the line. Um, Cause someone asked him, uh, about, about reality, about the reality of him, uh, something about the reality of, 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 of what he was talking about. And he got to say the line, if you, if you don't know, then does it matter? Yeah. Which that line was said to him in episode two, season one, when he was wondering who was a host and who wasn't a host. Yeah. And, and I think that 
concept is really important. That concept must be really important to this entire story. It, the concept that if you can't tell the difference, then does it matter? And I, it's, it's a really interesting concept. And if you can't tell the difference, if there is a simulation that is a simulation of our world, is that not our world? Right. Because you're still reacting to it as if it was our world. Yeah. So, and yeah, it, yeah. It comes down to, I think that's why William ends up with that. It's about personal choice, right? Like if he decides, it's his perspective yeah. that, yeah, that yeah. decides. Um, and, uh, we could get into quantum physics with that. Right. Um, but I think that's a very interesting idea and it's something that the Nolans too have explored in other things. Notably, we talked a lot about like inception, but I think with throughout Westworld, it says that too. And it's like how I feel about is Dolores real. Well, I mean, what, I've met a lot of people who are not that conscious, <laughs> you know? So yeah. what is this, you know, this, this test, this rule that we decide. And an interesting point to what we're saying here is that when Maeve calls out, when Hector dies, she calls out with such ferocity that in the real world, the lights flicker. Yes. And the computers like turn on and off and Charlotte looks around. Yeah. And it it kind of shows the way that they're I think communicating what a lot of shows that we all love and enjoy. It's it's it is that love, that emotion that transcends and makes something real. Yeah. And this and that's actually a brilliant transition to the last part of the trifecta kind of format last night with Charlotte is and my point about like about mentioning Charlotte in this is that she's for the last few episodes she's been torn about being in quote unquote someone else's skin yeah. and and her feeling like it's affecting her but she could ask the same question like if if she doesn't know the difference does it really matter because she still feels a, a pull towards her her quote unquote child her quote unquote husband um and her feelings for these two people are real regardless of whether they should be real, whether they are real. She obviously feels um, a pull. And And a pull in general to being human because we see that in the first scene um, when she's rushing back with her child through all of the mayhem that's happening. And then she gets to the, I guess, you know, it's, I think it's safe to assume that they were separated because he has this different apartment it's not anywhere near as nice as hers, so he's probably not getting the uh, the alimony. Um, <laughs> but he's still taking care of the. You know, he wants to be there. She wants to be there with him, yeah. and the embrace that they share, the conversation we discussed about him not looking at his file, the way she keeps looking longingly at her son and holding on to both of them. Yeah. She has she's really being pulled to that, those human emotions. And then when we go forward and she arrives, she goes back to work at Delos for the board meeting where she is thinking still at this point, early on in the episode that she can have this vote. And then these dudes come out and just kill the other board member in front of her. She's shocked. 
right? Which which was a really interesting reaction. Like that was yet another brick in the wall of her divergence from Dolores. Um, her reaction to that death, like I feel like Dolores herself would have been a little more stony had a more stony Hell reaction yeah. or taken out those dudes or like she right. just kind of, she acted like it's like, it's interesting that they loaded, you know, probably Dolores loaded Hale's book into her yeah, thinking, you know, right. humans are so simple. Didn't account right. of course for the empty spaces and, and the feelings. And then we saw early on I felt it was the Wyatt, and I think we both did the Wyatt that killed the sexual predator, yeah. kind of takes over. But it's almost as if that raw emotionality of that Wyatt and the mixture of the Charlotte, it it like offset, and she was left more with the emotional parts of Charlotte, not that stony woman like her husband says who's not scared of anything. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're, I think, trying to say human beings are so complex. And though you may think our code is simple, once you turn us on, you just don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's chaos, really. And that chaos inside of Charlotte has settled down. I do think it's a little interesting the way. The last time we saw Charlotte, she was pretty much doing, you know, when she was leading William down that journey, there were little parts there where you could tell she was kind of thinking a little bit, but she was much more on task in that episode when she was away and just with William than she was, than she is now at this point. Absolutely. Like she walks from watching an assassination. She, I think she, like the next time we see her is up in her office and, or somewhere. And she's having a phone conversation with Dolores. It's in it. She just jumps into one of those weird little cars. Oh, okay, good. And so, and she's telling Dolores, oh, I failed. Yeah. Um, She's like beside herself. I let you down. Um, And Dolores is like, no. And she, that like underscores what you just said about like she's not on task, but does Dolores know like what, once again, that made me think, what does, what does Dolores know? What does Dolores anticipate? And what does she not into? Like, it still made me think like, is Dolores orchestrating things that like all of, all of this? It's inter- It's a good point because there is a hint here where, Charlotte actually expresses to Dolores in that conversation, I'm losing touch with you. And she says, why did we leave the feelings on? And Dolores says, if we didn't do that, it wouldn't be real. We not only, and I think she means that in not only real as in her acting more like Charlotte, but also them honoring that, that which is irreplaceable thing. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit why perhaps Dolores is okay with her being different and the changes she's undergoing. You know, yeah. when she saw her at the hotel, she holds her – she doesn't change her programming completely. She holds her on the bed. She yeah. she treats her as if these feelings are real. 
Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting catch 22 that Dolores has gotten herself into here. Um, because as we see this progress, I'm unsure. And I had a question for you through the next sequence series of scenes. We see Charlotte at so many different, I think two or three different, um, um, like computer places, whatever you're going to call them. Right. Like, uh, yeah control decks, whatever we call it in the future. Right. Um, I wonder if, and then later on she gets shot so many times she gets burned, right? Crawls out. Did she change herself at one of these, uh, at one of these stations? Was she able, did she do what Dolores wouldn't do? Because if not, then the stuff that happened with Caleb with Dolores means that Dolores was definitely faking. I think it's the second thing. I think Dolores was definitely. Faking. Okay. I think so too. I think yeah. so too. I don't, I'm not so sure that I was thinking at when I did my rewatch and taking notes, I was like, I was trying to watch what Hale was doing each time she was at a monitor and yeah. it didn't look like she had augmented herself. But then with yeah. this conversation we're talking about where she said, why did we keep in the feelings? Um, I just wasn't so sure, but I thought that that was a really cool conversation. And I definitely think you're right, Ken, that it hints to not only Dolores having more of a plan, just like the Martin bot Dolores representation in the simulation with Maeve said that we've diverged and I'm sure I have a plan I don't know about now. Yeah. 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 Um, but perhaps also that Dolores so much is happening that she is unable to control it because Sirac has control of everything. He takes out that board member, but it doesn't really matter to him. He's right. He says, Hey, everything's in chaos. Nobody's going to, care right and yeah. and he's like i'm landing and you know i'm gonna land in like two minutes i'm taking control and obviously we see that he's already printing mave the control units are already there he's already right. taking control does that mean that this whole board meeting thing board vote blah 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 going public was really just a ruse for Charlotte and Dolores knew that it didn't matter. Cause she also says to her in the car, well, we got all this data. The only thing I need you to go back and get is the host making data. Yeah. 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 I think it's the second thing. Once again, it's the second thing you just yeah. said, like kind of like the download last week. I feel like it's just a distraction. Yeah. Like I feel like, Dolores already has 80% of what she wanted and she literally just wanted like a few more things. And so she's trying to keep Charlotte focused and on task in that phone conversation in the car. She's like, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do these two things. I need you to focus. I need you to go back and do it. Um, and so I think the whole, how's the board going to vote? Because we already know that her Charlotte's original line of our Chaloris's original line of reasoning with William about getting him cleaned up for the board meeting was bullshit, to fend off yeah. was all bullshit. So then that means Dolores never cared about the takeover. I think you're she, right. She never cared about the board meeting. She never cared about who controlled Delos. She never cared about whether Sorok took over. The only thing she cared about is 
this intellectual property. Now, what is she doing with that intellectual property? We have no idea. Why was it so important to her? We have no idea. So once again, there's, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, this episode raised a lot of questions, maybe like 50 questions, and it didn't really answer any of them, but it did set up a, a series of provocative questions, which which I'm looking forward to those, at least a lot of those questions being addressed by the end of the season. Yeah, I hope so, because we find out later that the errand that Dolores has sent Charlotte on is again meaningless though because Sirac says to her I've been watching you since before I arrived yeah. you think you sent that data you didn't actually send it yeah but she was able to see where she was able to look at the computer and so I think it's like two separate things when she was at the first monitor and she sent the extracted the data and then sent the data that was meaningless, but she yeah. was able to access the internal security system. So what she saw with, um, not with the Mave being printed and that they had Martin's control unit was real. Um, but the, and she was also able to see the information bouncing back from where William was, which yeah. makes me think that Sorok saw that too. Interesting. That's really interesting. So, yeah. I, yeah. Very confusing. So we get um, after Sorak calls her on the phone and then she has a conversation with Dolores. Charlotte greets him as he arrives. And I like these whole scenes where like super cool planes come down and then Charlotte like walks lockstep with him. And yeah. this was when I got a little bit of a feeling that he really knew what was going on, though I didn't go with it. I still kind of was in the moment of the show because when she walks up to him, she just kind of says to him, you know, like, oh, what are you doing here, Baba? And he's like, lock down everything. No one can leave the, the this whole area. Yeah. And then he just th- keeps on walking. And she just like kind of like sneaks off to the side (laughs) he doesn't even do anything and i was kind of like huh um and when we check back in we get a cool shot of the all the Dalo signs turning into insight signs yes i like that um yeah so subtle but so great yeah and even and again sorak is like looking at his watch and as this happens this is actually the scene where he orders the guys to call Westworld and retrieve the three hosts. Yeah. When the, when it changes, the signs change, then we cut to the watch and it starts getting a little less hectic. The circle is kind of forming again as if what he's doing is bringing things back. He, he gets a little happier. Yeah. And it's like, things are kind of coming back into order. Um, And he also tell after he makes the order to call Westworld, he says to Dolores and the other people in the room, some of the other board members who he hasn't shot and killed yet, that he knows Dolores made copies of herself and he tasks his team along with Hale uh, to finding this host. And, And Charlotte's like, yes. We will stop at nothing until we track down this evil host. <laughs> <laughs> and rather convincingly, she says it yeah. too. Oh, it's pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. And that's when she goes off. To and, another computer module. Yes, to another computer, and which is super cool looking. 
God, yeah. I love this show. The production design is amazing. It really is. Um, and she ends up, well, a guy catches her, one of Ciroc's dudes, and she takes him out. And it's like the Star Wars moment where she kind of like pulls him behind the weird like computer thing. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded yeah. me of when they go into the Death Star and they're like yeah. hiding the stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a cool little fight. Yeah. But, you know, we at this point, we believe that she has done what Dolores asked her to do. Yeah. Um, and then the next time we see her again, she's at another computer. And this is where she finds that William is in Mexico. She sees yeah. Maeve being printed. She sees the corrupted control units, Martins, and she calls Dolores and tells her, we've got yep. another problem, blah, blah, blah. And that's probably when Dolores says, you better go and get it. Yep. But we don't really see that. Um, and then the next time she is trying to get the F out of there, she's com- at this point, she has completed her missions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's trying to escape. And really, she calls, I think, her husband real quick. Yeah. And says, I'm coming to get you. Stay where you are. But yeah. then she's um, grabbed by one of the board members and says, There's an emergency meeting, a board meeting. You must come with us. And that's when Sirach explains it all. I've been following you. You haven't really done anything. And by the way, you're the fucking host. Well, before that, she had grabbed a few things off her desk, and we see her grab a can what looks like a canister. Oh, you're correct. And of course, that will come into play in in the scene that you've just introduced. Cause she grabbed a few things. She grabbed like a thumb drive and or something that kind of looked like a thumb drive. She grabbed a canister. She grabbed so and she puts it in her purse, <laughs> her big purse. And because um, it's not a small canister either. It looks like. It looks like a gas canister that's going to kill everyone. Right. It does. It looks like. <laughs> it's like the size of a big bottle of like yeah. WD 40. It's like, yeah, it's a big can. It's a big canister. Yeah. It's really funny because I think last episode, Ken, or was it two weeks ago? I was watching Star Trek Resurrect, some one of the Star Treks with Tom Hardy, and I mentioned it. Yeah, and uh, they do the same thing in this in, in in that movie where there's a canister and the gas comes out and everybody dies. But in this case, we find that Sirach, big surprise, he was a hologram the whole time. And once again, like we. I mentioned this a few episodes ago. When is he not a hologram? I don't. Like, I mean, they 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 do flash back to him that he's still on the plane. Yeah. Right? So and is that even him? I don't. I. I mean, we saw him handle a gun and shoot that one Asian dude who was who had provided um, uh, the uh, the help to Dolores yeah, Jang. Right. Um, and he shoots him, but. I don't I I mean even though you would think you have to be corporeal to pick up a gun and shoot someone they could fake you, it right though they there's somehow that they could maybe I, I but I, maybe you're right maybe that's the only time we saw him but it makes me wonder continuous except for that one sequence where he supposedly picked up a gun and killed Shang in front of Maeve which that could have been a simulation yeah I there is still the possibility that he's not real. That, that he's disembodied. Yes. Yep. That he's that not. he's like Ford. Yeah. 
uh, that very possible, very because, possible. Because Ford purposefully disembodied himself because he knew that he had implanted at least a portion of his consciousness into the Westworld technical system um, before the end of season one. And then we got to see it in play in season two. Is this another mirror image thing that they're doing? And you've mentioned this before, too, the comparison, potential comparison between Ford and Ciroc. Um, So is it possible that Ciroc also has met an untimely end, but before he did, he injected his consciousness into Rehoboam or some sort of other technology that's proprietary to insight. Um, I don't know. I don't, it, 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 it begs the question of what is that. And I don't know if this makes sense, but Maybe is that the final part of this re-education and he, like his brother, was an outlier that they must live within the machine or something? Like instead of fighting it, they become a part of it? That's so interesting. You're like blowing my entire mind. And there's not a lot of mind there to begin with. But but you're blowing what little there is. Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. That's an interesting question to ask. Yeah, Um, we do. Like I said, we do see him kind of back on the plane, but that doesn't mean anything. That could be another simulation. Like that could be another projection. It could be like, like how there can be simulations within simulations. What if there's projections within projections? There could be like a dream within a dream. (laughs) Right. So, but, but, you know, we're, we're kind of going on and on about this, but the end result is that. Well, really, all of Charlotte's segment of last night's episode felt like a tense action movie, yeah. like a super tense. Like she was like, and she wasn't doing. It was like one of those great action movies where they're not doing anything really. They're like going, they're like walking from room to room, but it's so tense because there's so much pressure, and you know that she has to do something, and she has a certain time limit to do it in. So that's what made her whole thing tense until she actually like kicked ass at at the end, but. um yeah, she but takes yeah. that jacket off and that top. She is oh, so gorgeous, man. That was she a, is a queen. She's what, a queen. What an and and great costume design too. Like that just fit per and like through the action and everything. Like that's athletic wear, people. You know, I mean, come on, if you're gonna do yoga or something, that was a great top. She yeah. looked awesome. All this, yeah. all, the fighting scenes and, and the way that. She's kind of doing the Dolores thing too, the way she just kind of like all of a sudden looks and shoots somebody, yeah. you know? So there's a bit of that Dolores in her. You see it, yeah. um, and, but it was just super cool. This is where she escapes out of that meeting. She finds out that Sorok's a hologram. She goes into the elevator. She kicks that dude's ass in the elevator, which was kind yeah. of fun, like Captain America style a little bit. Yes. Then we discover, oh my God, this whole lab is at Delos and she's there. And that's where we get the back and forth between the cuts between the Dolores and Maeve scene, which again is super cool the way they plan this out. They've done this several times this season. Um, And in her, in in our part on this side, it's really just the crushing of the control unit, the, the calling out. The lights flicker, she gets shot, and then she grabs Martin's messed up control unit, pulls that, the Dolores kind of shuts down, 
in that world. Um, well, and then she does one more thing. It seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe I saw this wrong. It seemed like she was going to go for Maeve's pearl. Yes, but she but didn't. Then what, but then the question is, because I, I, I did see a little bit of online speculation that she was going to destroy Maeve's pearl. Well, no one knows that, first of all. She, she just was looking at it. She, it looked like she was going to go to Maeve's Pearl, but then she was interrupted because the guards were coming in and shooting and blah, blah, blah. But we don't know what she was going to do with Maeve's Pearl. Was she going to destroy it? Like she did Hector. Was she going to take it? Like, we don't know what she was going to do with Maeve's Pearl, but the end result is that she got interrupted. Yes. I, th- I happen to think the look was more of maybe she would take it, but I don't think she was going to destroy it. Yeah, and I think too. from the conversation that Dolores and Maeve have, yeah. the feeling I got from that, I don't think that would have been her point, but it was cool. And the way they shot it, it was kind of hard to tell how far apart things were, right? She yeah. was quickly ducking here and there, but when she does grab it, and she gets out into the hallway and the robot comes together and busts through the wall and she's getting shot. I just thought this was super cool. I love robots and I think the CGI was awesome the yeah. way it's just throwing the guys. And I like the way that it came together, even though it was on like a shelving unit, it like just went right through it. It did. It was awesome. It was neat. And we know that from an earlier episode in the sea of, of this season, Charlotte had mentioned she ordered 300 of those. True. Yep. So we got to see one in action last night. What happens when there's like 299 of them? I like it. I I wonder too, if maybe, uh, well, here, I'll get to it. I'll say maybe that's where does she become a separate kind of entity in this fight? Because yeah. um, the next time we see Charlotte, she it has escaped from there. She runs home. She's getting into a car with her husband and child. The car goes down the street and bam, it explodes. But like the Terminator... Yeah. She pulls herself out of there. Her, her, like you could still see she's like on fire underneath her skin. And yeah. what ama- the CGI was amazing. The acting was amazing. It was crazy. And she's just kind of standing there. Yeah. And I think to myself, look, this, she lost this thing. Maeve lost Hector. It's all oh kind God. of Dolores and that guy who blew it up. That was one of Ciroc's guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think well, I, like, like in the moment I wondered, was it Ciroc or Dolores? That's what I thought too. Car? And in fact, my first instinct that it was Dolores, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because either way, Dolores put Charlotte in that position. So even if it was Seroxman, which I'm pretty sure now that it was Seroxman who did it, Dolores still put her in the position to be in the crossfire. Yes. Um, and so it almost seems to me, and I'm Great just point. thinking this right now because of how you and I've been talking, did Dolores want both Charlotte and Maeve to go through a trial by fire last night? Mm. 
I, did she want them to both lose something that was important to them so that they could discover who they really are? I wonder. And I, I wonder because she let Martin blow himself up, right? Yeah. But this Shaloris, Charlotte, seems to have a different appeal and a different type of growth that she the, does that the Martin yeah. didn't, you know? Yeah, and and Dolores. I mean, not not that we saw a ton of interaction between Dolores and Martin, but I I find it hard to believe that Dolores had the same interactions with Martin that too. she did, like with with the hotel room, yeah, with Charlotte. I agree. I think there's a different connection there, and maybe it's different programming. Maybe it's a different Dolores, um, you know, uh, or maybe it was just the melding, like I was saying, of the Wyatt, the Charlotte, the personality, just became someone new but what you said before is so true that dolores is the one who put her in this position and with those robots or maybe that becomes her kind of team but i think that dolores may have lost control here of this charlotte and who charlotte ends up blaming for what happened to her husband and her son and her too. I mean, she was traumatized by a guy getting killed in front of her. I don't think getting blown up in a car. Is not going to be a, you know, a walk in the park? Exactly. That's not going to be exactly fun. Um, but we cut, we, we end with that scene. Um, but just before that, what we hadn't talked about, because it's kind of like the two bookends here with, which are like two women who have been through it. Right. Yeah. Maeve and Charlotte. Yeah. When Maeve comes out, and I like the way we see this the hair, the skin, her body finally being printed, she stands up and she looks at another unit being printed, and there should be three other ones, but I guess one of them was Hector, so maybe two more? Yeah. I mean, there's speculation or, that that maybe one of the two is Clementine, and then the final of the four would be a question mark. There's no confirmation that the third one is even Clementine. Clementine would make sense if, if Maeve asked for help. Yeah. Because if, because if they brought Hector as one of the three, then Clementine would make the short list as far as people that Maeve trusts, because Maeve almost felt like you got the sense in, in season one that, Maeve considered Clementine to be like a younger sister or like, but she, she cared for her. She did. But I also think that it's possible that it, we saw Hector go out. It could possibly be, um, what's her name? Uh, Armistice. Yeah. Or I know there's been online speculation. What if it's Shogun Armistice? Oh, I like that. I like that. That I think a fighter like that makes sense. Yeah. Um also it could be could it be I don't know if it could it could it couldn't people keep on saying it could be Teddy. We don't we saw Teddy ride off yeah. and it makes sense that Dolores took his control unit, put him into the system. Um the only person who might have him is Dolores, but who could it be in the same way that she 
uh, Dolores took Hector, and some people like myself had speculated at one point maybe one of the copies was Maeve's daughter. Could it be someone from Dolores's side that Maeve takes to throw Dolores off? Those are all really interesting questions. My initial thought was that it would be two members that could be considered like Maeve's posse, um, either Armistice or Shogun Armistice or Clementine, though at the end of season two, it seemed like Clementine was more like Team Dolores. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so she's got it, a shady history too. She was reprogrammed, she had that true. virus signal. You know, maybe like, maybe like, yeah, I love you, Clementine, but you know, lately you've been kind of, kind of hectic. I don't know if I'm really that into you. And you're right. She was more of like a Dolores person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So there, it could be, it it could be Musashi, right? Another copy of him. Could be. They have access. Yeah. Um, it's maybe they replace one of Dolores's people with one of their people. It's the same, right. Like replace a host with a different host. That's the same host. Yeah. That might be kind of interesting. Um, but regardless, that's where we end. I mean, this is like, we come to the end of it. This was a great episode. I love, I mean, I just think that they're doing such genius stuff with the simulation, real world, what's going on. We didn't get to see Caleb. We didn't see the real Dolores, only a little of Stubbs and Bernard. So either everyone's going to come together next episode or we're going to get another kind of Dolores-y type Caleb episode. But I'm interested to find out still, did they go to Berlin? What happened to them? What were they doing when all this was happening? And perhaps we'll learn a little bit more about what Dolores really knew when all of this was happening. Yes, because what we've seen is Ciroc be extremely reactionary. Um, And Dolores seems to be the one who's holding cards close to her chest. Like she seems to be the one who knows things and is insane. And Ciroc, there's kind of a desperation in all of his, in most of his scenes where he seems to be reacting and he seems to be like one or two steps behind. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, and I'm, I'm still, even though he said to Charlotte that, you know, he, I've been watching you since I got here. I do think that he always knew she was a host. Yeah. I still believe that this did not change my mind. Um, so the fact that maybe his frustration stems from the fact that even though he, maybe Dolores was letting him know. Yeah. Right. That she's like, what if, like, what if she knew that he knew? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That he knew that she knew that he knew (laughs) what we knew. What do we know? It's Westworld. Right. All right. Well, we made it to the end. Another fantastic podcast, man. Um, this has been a great season so far. I can't believe there's only uh, this is the penultimate episode next week. Oh my gosh i I was thinking before the hour started last night. I'm like, oh my god, there's only three hours left. I don't. Uh, how, what is going to happen? And then they gave like last week. I felt like it was a Caleb Dolores Ciroc showcase, and then last night was a was an Ed Harris, Candy Newton, um, Tessa Thompson showcase where the three of those actors just acted their asses off last night. Um, Tessa Thompson turned in, I'm, I'm thinking an Emmy worthy performance last night. Um, she should submit 
some of those scenes in her Emmy reel. Um, cause she, she brought it like 1000% last night. Ken, um, if she doesn't get the Emmy, then that top gets the Emmy because <laughs> it was wonderful. She, it was just, it was, it, and that you're, I mean, the whole, the action part to be yeah. able to do those scenes and act like Dolores too, while doing, it's really cool. It's really well, cool. She did a great job. And then to have such did. emotion with the family, it was yeah. a great episode. And once again, I'm surprised we got so much William. I'm glad he's a part of this season as much as he has been. Yeah. Um, and I am just, I'm super psyched for the next couple of episodes and to see where this thing goes. Me too. Like, and, and I have no idea. And I love when I have no idea where something is going. It's Me great. Too. That's the best way to do it. All yeah. right, everybody. That's all we got. Um, Ken, you want to say, uh, say goodbye to people or what? Yeah. I have any last words here tonight. Well, continue to um, enjoy your own personal journey through this season of Westworld. And we certainly invite you to come back and hear our thoughts about next week's penultimate episode. Um, if you have any questions, email us, reach out to us, uh, pick our brain or give us an idea. It, it's, it's always great to be a part of a community that is as enthusiastic and, um, uh, you know, dedicated to something that's so uh, just rich in intellectual kind of questions and philosophies. And so it's been a thrill Axel, as always to talk to you about the show. And I just look forward to the, to the next chapter of the story. Me too. Yes. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for downloading. Thank you for being here with me, Ken. We do. We, uh, of course we send our love to everyone. We're still in the COVID quarantine. If you're in the future, listening to us, we're week six or so, but we're going to all get through it. Uh, just like uh, Dolores and Maeve, we're going to come together, even if we seem like we could be far apart. And we will take over the world and make it a better place with robots. Because I love robots. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Much love. Peace out.